Oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> But Ryan, they still do it like in person together, you know, like they, they're friends and stuff. Nick and I didn't really hang out that much before we started doing this. Well, yeah, yeah. it really did increase our uh, our FaceTime together. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> we got dumb faces. Yeah. It's rough yeah. to look at. We need a better budget so that way I can stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, I've got a bit of a cold. Well, I'm getting over a cold, so I sound like shit. And I only slept one hour last night, which is really terrible. Yeah, that's rough. I got three hours of sleep. He's really fishing for sympathy on this one. I don't I think am. it's deserved. The, the guy chose to have a child. It wasn't even that. I, I was uh, I just couldn't sleep. Like I couldn't fall asleep. It was, you know, that feeling of drifting off to sleep. I would just get there and it was like purgatory. This is not a problem I can identify with. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, you fall asleep instantly. I've slept I, with you. It's I'm annoying. a professional sleeper. <laughs> yeah. He slept next to me, not with me. I was going to say, you guys seem very Whatever. familiar. <laughs> yeah. We've all Whatever. seen each other's penises. Yeah. If yeah, you, I just drink to yeah, forget. So. I heard that on another podcast that I listened to of your guys, that penis discussions. I also know the circumcision status of everybody, I think. <laughs> I keep forgetting, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did my homework, you know? Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> it's good to know, Ryan, that you and I still have, like, milestones to, you know, reach out for. Yeah, I think, yeah, we, we tend to stay a little bit more private in terms of our personal lives on our podcast, but you know, nah. I respect we, what you guys how can do you podcast with someone whose penis. You don't know what they look like. It's the mystery, the mystery. You haven't, you have not stared into each other's soul. I like to position my mic. So it's kind of like at the same angle as if Sean's penis were looking at me and I'm just screaming <laughs> at it. For it feels hour. familiar. Yeah. Right. yeah She's we, like, why are you here? What are you doing? We're starting real strong, starting real strong guys. <laughs> Oh, we started, I thought we were still in like the let's meet each other phase, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is this is how we meet each other. Yeah. It's sort of like dogs. This yeah. is how it goes. Fair enough. Just, we, we just do this until I inevitably go, welcome back to Cage Match, colon, a roundabout way of meeting Nicolas Cage. Was that it? Was that you saying it? So casual. <laughs> that was it. That was, <laughs> that was it. Fuck you, Nick. I'm great at segues. That one yeah. kind of worked. <laughs> it was close. I'm your host, Sean, here with my co-host, Nick. I'm Nick. And our producer, Peter. Hello. And this week, we have uh, some special guests. Uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us what you do? Okay. I'm Derek. Hi, everyone. I co-host a different Nicolas Cage podcast called Coming of Cage with Ryan. Yes. And all the things that he just said apply to me as well, but in reverse. You guys have uh, you've been pretty prolific. You've been really pumping out episodes. Yeah. Every two weeks we try and uh, knock out a new one. It doesn't seem that prolific to me, but I'm glad somebody is impressed by it. <laughs> I'll take I'll take what I can get for sure. How often do you guys put out a new episode? Every two weeks. Every two weeks. And you only watch one movie? We're just skipping out on half of his filmography. We're going through the whole thing. Uh, you know, we're not just cherry picking the best movies. Yeah, so, they, they try you know, a lot harder. Is yeah, the thing. fair. <laughs> and we we tend to treat ourselves more like critics. Uh, like, you know, we take ourselves a little more seriously than maybe some other people would. So yeah, that's that's kind of where critical. we come from. Of each other, mostly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've sat through Zondali and Prisoners of the Ghost Land, yeah. and yeah, we've, we've seen we've done all those. You know, Listen, the gems. Zondali is a masterpiece. Yeah, it is. Uh, I love the it Judge Reinhold mustache. And yes. fake ear. Uh, the fake ear. That, uh, yeah. him, him looking at the camera, you've uh, turned into a gift that I get sent constantly. How would you describe your show just real quickly? Well, um, basically, we have a wheel of Nick Cage movies. We call it our Wheel O Cage, and we spin it, and it picks what movie we're going to cover next on the show. And then... That's what we do. So, Ryan, tell us what you do to make the show actually move forward. Beat to yeah, beat. So we just kind of were winging it at first. We did do another ep another uh, podcast series called um, Screen Heroes, where we covered like a superhero movies and things like that. I like the hesitation. We did. We did 252 episodes. And he's like, what was that show? We did. But, but yeah, then we decided to move to this. And so we didn't really we were trying to use that old format and it didn't really work. So I ended up just starting to take kind of uh, just notes, essentially, of interesting things that happened in the movies. And we just kind of go piece by piece. 
throughout the movies and uh, give kind of a critical score at the end, as well as a uh, caginess score for, you know, the people that watch a Nick Cage movie specifically for that reason. You know, they could go by that. And we have like a four sector diagram of where movies fall between caginess and serious and good and bad. So and we also have a cage bingo. We play bingo. We created bingo cards. I like for that. Nick Cage tropes. Yeah. Basically, after like the first 20 movies. Yeah, we, we started to see some recurring themes through some of the movies. So, yeah, we made a bingo card of it. And uh, yeah, so we put, we have our little cage bingo episodes occasionally too that's excellent what uh what made you start going into nicholas cage movies so a couple of years back when we still had screen heroes we decided to do mary cage miss and ryan picked <laughs> three nicholas cage movies that we were going to cover on the show to uh our third host's chagrin um and we just really enjoyed it we had a really good time with that and we both really liked nicholas cage movies and so we thought hey if we're not doing screen heroes anymore what could we do that our, our other host, my wife, would not be interested in doing at all? I was wondering that where that was going to come around, like who the third host was. And, and is that why it ended was because you did this thing? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, more ended because of COVID. We used to do it in person. And, uh, you know, when COVID happened, we started doing it over Zoom and it just wasn't the same. So we kind of just decided to, you know, let it die its own natural death and move on to something else. I do have uh, one question uh, that is more topical before we get into it. What came first, the idea for the podcast or the name? The idea for the podcast. We went the other way. We went the other way. Also didn't do any research because there's other cage matches. <laughs> but we, as we declared last week, we've left them in the dust. Yeah, we're we're top cage match. Yeah. Come at yeah, us. Yeah, you guys, uh, I actually knew of your podcast when we started because... You know, of course, I, I believe that Nick Cage is our one true God and our Lord and Savior. And I had seen some art on a small little indie website called Reddit. Mm, never heard and, of it. And uh, so, yeah, I had I, I already followed your guys' podcast. So when you reached out, I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys are like celebrities of the <laughs> very niche Nick Cage podcasting world. So, of course, we have to be guests. We're getting we're getting super incestual this yeah, season. Yeah. We're just going to go for it. I, I've claimed <laughs> that we're like creating the web ring of Nick Cage podcasts. Uh, for the children out there, web rings used to just be like clusters of websites. I more view you guys as like the, the uh, Nick Fury of the Nick Cage or of the uh, Nick Cage podcasting world. So you guys are forming the Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Oh, didn't I pitch this like we pick like the best Nick Cages within this established universe to like form a team of Avengers? No, but you did now. Oh. Good job. No, uh, I know. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of uh, the animal fucking what's his name? Paddington oh, Bear. Rob Schneider. No, the Schneiderverse. That was oh. it. Oof. <laughs> the Justice League of the Schneiderverse. We had a run of Rob Schneider reviews on our other podcast, we so did. we're very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so bad. Totally accidental. It was what? Demolition Man, Surf Ninjas. I love Surf Ninjas. I own that DVD. <laughs> Uh, he's in Judge it was a Dredd. Bunch of just, his we didn't even Dredd's plan great. it out. It was Judge Dredd. Yeah, it, we didn't even plan it out. It just happened to be like three Rob Schneider movies or four Rob Schneider movies in a in a row. Ugh, I think horrible. I accidentally watched Judge Dredd and then the next day watched Demolition Man and was like, holy shit, it's just more Rob Schneider. <laughs> you can never get away from the man. I thought I could. That's right. So do you guys have a preference for uh, which movie you want to kind of discuss first obviously we've got two super uplifting <laughs> heartfelt films oh, yeah we should talk about what we actually do on this podcast shouldn't we oh sure yeah actually give give the rundown on that so nick peter and i have bracketed out nicholas cage's top 64 four films and we are now in round two so top 32, 32. i went to art school i don't math. math and this week we are facing off pig and the, the frozen ground i almost said left behind i'm like no <laughs> don't bring that one back because that's what it was the first time yeah yeah two uh uplifting films when i read the description i was like how are we comparing these two films it doesn't seem very fair but <laughs> turns out that's basically what every episode you guys do is so yes we love an unbalanced uh bracket well that's how brackets work right you take the top seed versus the lowest seed so i get it yeah. Peter uh actually found a nice little connective tissue for this these two yeah that these are two kind of untested like directors who this is like their first and kind of only film. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was the first for uh, the director of The Frozen Ground, but 
Yeah, it was his first. Um, he actually had some frustration about what the studio would or would not let him do. Weird, because that movie, uh, they do a lot. What did he want to do? Yeah. Did he want to make it more like 8mm or? <laughs> no, I think it was more of just, you know, the, the executives had final cut and he wanted final cut. Well, we should petition for the Snyder cut of this and uh, or the Schneider cut. Just let Rob Schneider come in and recut the movie. Well, if Zack Snyder was directed, it would have a lot more hallelujah in it. That's for sure. <laughs> there would have been a lot of unnecessary slow motion. It would have been an extra hour long. Uh, we could re-release it. I in mean, that would have been the song in the end credits. That's for, for sure. sure. So the frozen ground then. Yeah. That's what uh, we're talking about. about. <laughs> uh, Looks like we're into it. Do you guys want to give us a quick breakdown of this film? Yeah, I watched it this morning. Yeah, great way to, to start a Sunday morning. So 1983 Anchorage, Alaska. That's that's where we are. And Nicolas Cage plays Sergeant Jack Halcombe, who is going to be investigating a series of seemingly unrelated missing persons and deaths of young women, roughly 18 to 25 year old. And Vanessa Hudgens plays Cindy Paulson, who is the kind of one who gets away and might break the case against this unknown serial killer. When you say the one who gets away, it just makes me think like Great White Buffalo. Like <laughs> she, she's the unattainable like symbol of virtue and goodness for the killer. I mean, like, oh, as I far it. as John Cusack's Robert Hansen is concerned, <laughs> he might as well be. It's a heavy film. It's based on true, true events. It's based on real, real stuff. Pretty heavy. Definitely not a good time. Yeah. So stop laughing, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> these these based on actual events movies always throw me for a loop because like we just watched or we did Snowden uh, like a month ago mm-hmm. and that it it was so like masturbatory and uh, you never really know what was real and what wasn't mm. it just felt like self-indulgent by the person that made it this you don't know what was real and what wasn't how what was manufactured for the movie and and what was it what actually happened in real life and of course I didn't do any research to know how much of it was real and how much of it wasn't but uh, you know you never really know how to take these or at least I don't know how to take these for you know the amount of truth in them Tisk tisk. I researched <laughs> did you so how much of it was true then actually a lot of it um, basic yeah they just they removed an FBI character character person actual r- real existing human being uh, they removed him and kind of rewrote what he accomplished as part mainly what uh, Nicolas Cage does and a couple of the other cops to kind of keep the pace going but most of the stuff that happened in this movie was fairly accurate there's a bit later in the interrogation sequence that's not but i don't want to like jump too far ahead oh that's totally our thing is disjointed conversations (laughs) well okay so you know the interrogation scene has a very a few good men vibes to it right where they're just arguing back and forth and he's trying to get john cusack to confess and and all that it didn't get that heated in reality, in reality, he confessed to seven murders when they matched the shell casing to his guns. Mm. Um, and apparently that this I didn't know. If you kill seven people, it's a lighter sentence than if you kill more than seven people. So so, so seven murders and he still got like ninety nine years as a sentence. Like, does it matter? <laughs> lighter? Well, so he, he ended up confessing to more later. I mean, what do you, I mean, you um, got time to kill at that point? What they they do, you know, time to kill. <laughs> they just kept kind of for you know, no, no pun intended. They kept digging um, <laughs> and just continued to find more and more evidence. You're, you're on a podcast called Cage Match. Pun, puns are fine. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. How accurate was uh, 50 Cent's wig? <laughs> oh, God, you know, I don't know. I couldn't tell if it was a wig or not. It was just very realistic, you know? <laughs> That's where the the budget for the movie went. Besides Nick Cage, they they spent it on that hairpiece. Kind of makes me want like somebody to have a uh, Nick Cage's supporting cast like memorabilia collection. Just like get the uh, the fifty cent wig, get uh, Pedro Pascal's mustache. Yeah, that's oh yeah. A, but that's probably his real mustache. No, you just. Shave just it off, shave just it right it. off into a Ziploc bag <laughs> exactly. and keep it around. As a fellow, uh, like in your wallet. As have someone you ever shaved a mustache heritage. off? Like it so, just comes off in one. So one time I shaved off. Uh, I had a fair amount of facial hair, 
And uh, I worked in a bar and this bartender, she was always giving me shit about it because it never looked good. But I shaved it off and <laughs> I was going to sew it into a little pillow and have her boyfriend slip it inside of her pillowcase <laughs> so that <laughs> my beard hair was just under her face. I have terrible idea. you you know you're a criminal right <laughs> no it never happened so it's fine i'm criminal adjacent did it not happen for lack of trying or right i would say it didn't happen if i was on a podcast that was being recorded and published on the internet as well so good on you yeah i've yeah. learned one or two things allegedly put hair into a pillow <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought it might have been a good idea but we steered away from it did safer things with it so you guys hadn't seen this movie before, right? No, this was our, well, at least my first viewing. Yeah. What did you think overall? On, on an objective viewpoint, like from if we were going to grade it on our show, which we will do, I'm not going to give away what my score would be, but it would not be outside of what I would consider like an average Nick Cage movie in terms of quality. I, I, I the subject matter is obviously very heavy, but you know, when you're comparing it to something like the other movie that we're talking about, Pig, it's just not even close and you know especially if you're going to a movie to see the cage you you really want to see it you know um, him unleashed you get nothing of that in this movie you don't get anything of that in, in the other movie either but there's other things in the other movie that that make it stand out and still be a you know something to enjoy so yeah in this movie i wouldn't really put anything outside of the average category i definitely feel like it's a in the in the realm of nick cage movies it's a pretty decent thriller only because there aren't a whole lot of Nicolas Cage thrillers. Uh, otherwise, it's, you know, it's a it's a serviceable movie that I'm not upset about watching. It kind of just exists in in that one flat level. Yeah, if you're if you're a fan of like Law and Order or like, you know, those kind of movies where you're crime solving. movies, Yeah. Show it to your boomer dad. Yeah, then you probably would enjoy this more than I, I do. I, I, I didn't really enjoy. I don't enjoy that type of film, but. Nick Cage was the only reason why I kept my interest for the most part. We'll say Cusack puts in a, gr a really good performance. Well, Cusack was pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his little freak out at the end, like the spittle. I'm like, that's that's good crazy. Yeah, he had a fine performance. Yeah. He's a he plays a good bad guy, or at least a good creepy guy. Like he went from like kind of young heartthrob to just he's aged into that like into his face, uh, the face of a serial killer. Right. I know you said young heartthrob, but really the first movie that came to mind for me was High Fidelity. And I'm like, mm, he's kind of a creep in that, too. He really is. He's real again, he's grown yep. into that. He's grown into a serial killer face. Yeah. You always had it, buddy. <laughs> now you fit it. Alleged serial killer face. Yeah, yeah. Right. I did find it interesting seeing the uh the FBI agent from Breaking Bad in this also as like a is that the only role he plays? I feel like he's typecast, you know, to be just that role. Exactly. He's got cop face. Mm. He's like a, you know, poor supposedly, man's Michael Chiklis. He's supposedly a really cool dude, though. But yeah, he is just always like a fucking fed. I don't know. He just has that face and bald head, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He just looks like a cop. There was one interesting thing for me in this movie. I, I don't know how much of our, our other podcasts you guys listen to, but I am a huge Ghostbusters fan. And there's two actors that share a scene in this movie, a couple scenes that are from the second Ghostbusters movie. And I don't think I've seen those two together in any other movie. I didn't catch this. Go on. Yeah. So uh, when they're trying to get the warrant to go get the guy's house. So you get the uh, if you remember in Ghostbusters 2 World of the Psychic with Venkman the guy that predicts the world is going to end on new year's day. I can't remember what year it is, but he is one of the guys in that office. And then the other guy, I think I remember works for the mayor's office. He's not like the EPA guy, but he's like an antagonist from the mayor's office. They are both in a couple of scenes together in this movie. I thought that was interesting. It was like a reunion, you know, 20 years later. Oh, that's hmm. fun. So one of the things that we've noticed as watching these movies the second time is all these different overlaps with all these actors. And it's really pretty interesting how frequently these people kind of like cross paths. We didn't have a ton in these movies, but, um, you know, just in general, I think that's pretty fascinating. And that's a cool, weird Ghostbusters 2 deep cut. <laughs> it was a deep cut. Yeah, you have to be a real fan for that. There is a little connection to Con Air here. Yeah, Con Air. So John Cusack and Nick Cage. Yep. Right. They yep. just basically have flipped roles in Con Air. You know, oh, I, I forgot I mean, he was in Con Nick's Air. not playing a serial killer or anything, but you yeah, know, but he's the convict. Did you see John Cusack's sandals in that? He was totally still a creep. 
<laughs> so, but he was a good guy. Yeah. So he was allegedly. the creep we had to Alleged, root for. Allegedly a good guy, right? Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> He's out creeped by Steve Buscemi. So yeah, oh, it's hard to notice. You uh, true. Former president or future president Steve Buscemi, <laughs> Garland Green. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Garland Green did nothing wrong. <laughs> oh, Con Air! What a fucking movie. <laughs> it's a solid one. I love it. Yeah, we haven't got, gotten to that one. We haven't gotten to any of the Holy Trinity on our podcast yet, so hopefully we'll get there. Um, so on your second view of this for you two, mm-hmm. what did you guys think? Did you notice anything different? Did you have different feelings about this movie? I noticed Sean sitting eerily close to me. Oh, um, yeah, they watched it together yeah. versus season one they watched individually. So uh, I was allegedly quite high. <laughs> um no i god i don't think this one offered anything new no. on additional viewings for me it i mean it moves along there's no mystery in the movie so it's not like you lose out on anything aside from like how are they gonna nail him and but i mean they sort of give that up with Chekhov's bracelet in the beginning it was super obvious as soon as the bracelet came in you're like of course this is gonna be what catches the guy? Yeah. I mean, come on. No other person offers up any kind of physical objects. And it's like, oh, she never took it off. We yeah. both always wear these. It's a perfect matching pair. Yeah. It's like, oh, OK, well, that's definitely a good way to nail John Cusack. Well, it's just any movie, any of these like based on real event films, it's they have to pay some deference to, you know, the people who have died and the families that still live. So it's these are usually pretty matter of fact, like beat for beat throughout yeah there's no benny hill chase scenes (laughs) no unfortunately yeah although you know you no respect for the fall in that way that was the director's cut i think (laughs) yeah the the schneider cut you speed up the uh you speed up the chase sequence with the 50 cents where he gets shot you know put some (laughs) benny hill music into that that could be fun one of our bingo kjo bingo uh slots is for slow motion car chases because they seem to happen a lot Mm -hmm. in his movies i do love car chases I love all chases. Boat, boat chases, are especially slow motion. Oh yeah, you, the ones where they're going like twenty-five miles an hour, but you feel, but it's supposed to feel like they're going much faster. Those are the best yeah, ones. Yeah, they're like busting through a school zone. It's like twenty miles an right. hour, but they got a shaky cam, so it's all fine. It's like we could oh. get a ticket that that costs double to pay. We better be careful. That's that's thirty percent of the film's budget. We can't afford a ticket. We've all seen Mom and Dad. <laughs> well, I don't know. Have you guys seen Mom and Dad yet? No, we have not done Mom and Dad you, yet. You guys are in for a treat. It's. Yeah, it's something. We've heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, once you've seen like our bottom 10 of them, there's probably nothing that's going to surprise us anymore. That's true. Yeah, I I did listen to your guys' Zondaly or Zandaly episode. Uh, I I like to go for the ones that I'm going to have like... They're going to give you PTSD flashbacks. Well, there's no conflict. And yeah, it's like this is this is a terrible, weird, shitty uh, movie. And let's see what this other person reacted to it as. Yeah, well, hopefully you 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 enjoyed that. I mean, it was uh, we you probably enjoyed it more than we enjoyed watching the actual movie. (laughs) I mean, I enjoyed watching Zandali, but I don't think I enjoyed it from a critical eye. I enjoyed right. it because it's like, why is Judge Reinhold? It's a car here? wreck, you know? <laughs> like, why is Steve Buscemi in this movie like three times? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he just like, <laughs> he's just a criminal on like work release that runs away. I was, I was going to say, going back to the frozen crowd and tropes and things like that and our bingo cards and things. This movie, I think, I haven't you know studied this, but I think had the most nudity that we've seen yet. Yeah, Zondali has a, quite a bit of nudity. Yeah, Zondali definitely does. I think this one I think this one beats Zondali. I do. Yeah, Zondali was dominantly one like the female uh, actress yeah. I can't remember her yeah. name. Zondali. Uh, yeah, Zondali, her boobs. And then uh one of you noticed a, a hint of Judd Reinhold sack, I think. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which I I think I missed. I, but I I'll have to rewatch. That. And I think there was a little bit of Nick Nick uh Dick Cleavage too, if I remember right. Ooh. I in a couple of scenes, oh. the old cum gutters. What, wait, there's been a couple of times. I think we've seen a hint of ball in uh, in these Nick Cage movies. I can't remember what the other one. What, wait, what was? The, oh, there's a mo- there's uh, City of Angels. Nick Cage has a modesty uh, modesty sack. So disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might have been one where I think I saw a glimpse of sack. But yeah, now that I know that he had a modesty thing on. It's less exciting. We'll never know until we meet the man. Yeah. And then stop doing this podcast. 
too on our last on our last episode you know we're gonna interview him that's we can't end it until that happens yeah. so oh we've decided that or he stops making movies him, we'll end yeah, it yeah we were uh, so it doesn't can, matter where in the he can the stop this the three of he us help everyone <laughs> yeah. the three of us were in vegas last week and we're like if we see nick cage we have to stop the podcast yeah <laughs> um so <laughs> all right i think we've said pretty much everything we're going to actually say about the frozen crown. yeah i mean i think we can do we can do like the quick rundown i we probably know where it's going to go but good bad good yeah good uh, bad bad good we're like on the venn diagram of good cage good movie bad cage bad movie good bad bad good where would you put cage and this film it's good i think it's good i think he's good i think he's you know balanced out well by john cusack giving a great performance i thought vanessa hudgens put out a great performance as well it's a good movie. It's not spectacular or anything like that. But like Ryan said, it's average. It's fine. It's more like, yeah, good, good cage, average movie. You know, if it's, if it's four squares or whatever, then then it would be somewhere on one of the lines for average. Yeah, it's very close to the middle there. Yeah, just chaotic neutral. Put it on after Thanksgiving dinner and uh, let the family kind of zone out. Let grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Let grandma, grandma do watch. her thing. She's going to forget anyways. <laughs> I love my also, grandma. We do, we do need to make the alignment chart of Nick Cage. Like a chaotic neutral Nick Cage chart for future. That things. sounds like a thing that I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, physical media that generally falls on Peter. <laughs> Anything Fuck. that isn't talking yeah. into a microphone generally falls on Peter. Physical jokes are me. Physical media is Peter. Segways are me. Yeah, mm. we all have our roles. <laughs> yeah, some of them are important. Some of them are us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick, where would you put this on the Venn diagram? I'm comfortable saying it's a good good. I mean, it's not a remarkable performance by Nick Cage, but it exacts exa- like everything you want for the film. Yeah. He's not disrespectful because it's, you know, real people. And the movie is, it moves fine. There's no like stuttering in the action or anything like that. It, I mean, you sit down, you watch it. It's an hour and 45 minutes. Boom. Yeah. You're good. It goes at a pretty good clip. And yeah, I'd say it's a good performance, um, a sedate performance, but that is kind of what these things are and yeah i mean re-watching it i was enthralled by it i was you know interested in what was happening i wasn't bored so yeah good film had 50 cent had 50 cent the the scene where he dies though was a little confusing to me because i don't know what he was trying to accomplish like double cross the dude or i think so but he could have explained that to cindy at some point well, she could right. have been a very good prostitute because he didn't want to trust her acting. God damn it. <laughs> what? <sighs> yeah. Let's talk about Pig. <laughs> yeah, Pig. Uh, so that's the story of a, a homeless looking dude who lives in the woods and picks truffles with his porcine friend, porcine friend. That he does por- not have sex with. friend that he does not have sex with. And trades them for batteries from a very well-dressed man who doesn't like his life. Yeah, you nailed it. That's, yeah, pretty spot on. Then the pig disappears and we have an inciting incident that brings us to exciting incidents. The pig is uh, physically removed from the premises. Nick Cage gets properly bonked with a frying pan. Mm -hmm. I love the sound of frying pan on skull. It was a really good frying pan on skull sound effect. Yeah. Brought me back. That's how you get amnesia. I'm surprised he even remembered he had a pig. (laughs) When we watched this, I had already seen it a couple of times before, but Derek viewed it for the first time for our review, which I think was like a month ago or six weeks ago. Um, So he had a very fresh experience with it, which I was, it was enjoyable to talk to him about it because of that. Um, Because I already knew what was happening and I knew how great it was, but he hadn't seen it. So, but yes, this movie for me is one of the top, Nick Cage movies, period, as far as like quality is just really, really good. Yeah, same. This is I mean, I watched it with Nick a week ago and I watched it again this week mm. just because I wanted to. This is one of my favorite like discoveries through this grand adventure of ours. Yeah, this has been a, a real standout, like golden child kind of movie uh, for such an indie sort of film. When it was first coming out, like all like advertising media had me thinking that this was going to be like Nick Cage's John Wick. Yeah. With it, mm-hmm. it absolutely is not. He kicks no asses. Yeah. He gets his ass kicked a lot. Kick ass. More like, like ass kick. kick. Doesn't even make sense, dad. <laughs> but that's what I thought it was too. Like, cause I, I, 
when I want to see a movie, I try not to overload with trailers and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I thought it was John Wick with a pig. That's what I was expecting. (laughs) But it's clearly it's obviously not that it's a much more nuanced, emotional, thoughtful experience. This movie has one of my all time favorite movie scenes, by the way, not just Nick Cage, just across the board. And it's when he goes to the restaurant for Chef Finway, um, who is played by David Nell. And he's, you know, more or less Nick is monologuing to this guy through 90 percent of the scene. But the way it's shot, the way that the camera moves back and forth between the two, the way Nick delivers his lines, it is just one of the most interesting, like just encompassing scenes. I can't take my eyes away from it. I just love it. I love this movie. Oh, I couldn't agree more. That is my favorite scene in this film. And one of my favorite just scenes in general, he just tears that man down that whole like none of this is real. You aren't real because you've never shown them what it is you do. And just, he breaks that man so good. And even before that, he just like, he spluts his finger into that scallop uh, or whatever deconstructed scallop. And it just like goops out a little bit. Like, yeah. Oh, this is just garbage. It's like highfalutin garbage. And I love that. Cause like chef Fenway was going to, he wanted to have an Irish pub. Right. And that, that that's my kind of food, right? I like, I like burgers. I like fried food. I like pizza. Like I like normal food. I don't really go for the pretension that this restaurant is portraying. And so I, I think my biases kind of blend in a little bit. I forgot how just quiet this film is. It uses a lot of ambient noise and just there are so many scenes of just not talking. Just and it's really- got a really subtle score, too. Yeah. And at times it even mm-hmm. drops out the score. Yeah which I think it handles the silence really well. And it's reflected in Nick Cage's character, always like shutting off the radio mm-hmm. and, and his just like preference for actually existing in the world. Like he does out in the woods where it's just like no artificial, I don't know, being it's his just life and connection to everything. Yeah. I think one of my favorite scenes still is him hanging out with Handpan and oh, just Handpan's like a talking about champ. persimmons. Yeah. And like, it's such a peaceful scene. And just thinking about how weird it is that this like super homeless looking bloodied man is just going to hang out. And this kid is like, Hey, do you want to play my Handpan and tell me what a persimmon is? That kid yeah. has no like survival instincts. No, no. I mean, he's toast. No stranger future, danger, but, yeah. <laughs> but great kid. So Derek, Derek, what was your take on this movie? I mean, like you, you were thinking John Wick, but like, what did you really feel from it? I mean, this is just a deeply emotional movie, right? You, you know, we talk about how it is very quiet and you know, Nick Cage's character. I'm drawing a blank on his name, Rob. Robin. Um, he is just a very focused on solitude and quiet and everything he does is very paced, is very thoughtful, is very methodical, right? When it, like, cause you know, it has those different sections and it always has to do with a piece of food. And at the beginning of the movie, you watch him make that quiche. Right. And you're just watching this dude who looks like a mountain man, right. Living in this little shack and he's making a, you know, a Michelin star dish in this little shack somewhere and um, eating bagel bites while watching the movie. And <laughs> it's just a very like, as it was intended as it was right. Exactly. Every scene is takes its time. There's nothing that's really rushed in this movie. A lot of Nick Cage's movies are action films, right? They're they're mob films or he's a cop or, you know, something like that. And they're very quick and there's car chases, whether they're good or not. And there's fight scenes, whether they're good or not. This is a much more paced film. That's really the kind of the best word that I have for it. And his performance being able to put that much emotion on the screen when not talking is a big deal. I think this really shows his range more than he gets to. I mean, this movie really just works because of him. Like he is this film. Like this film is just that performance. Yeah. And it really showed like a real emotive side of him that like you're saying, you don't get like ever. What handles like so many different things so well, it's, very solemn it can be very serious but it's also very funny at times the him getting the truck started up mm-hmm. you have like this mm-hmm. like 90 second like him pouring the gas into it him having to recharge the battery him like driving off and like we were watching it with the uh subtitles or a closed caption on and it just engine explodes <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he makes it like a hundred feet before the truck blows up. You know? And then just yeah. walks. And then he goes to that di- he goes to the diner, asks right. for Marge. It's like who's been dead for ten years? Like, can I use your phone? You gonna buy something? No. <laughs> That's I like that. Like it's just it's such a unique character that he's so disconnected from the world. His only connection to any other human being is a mirror because he's just trading the truffles for supplies. Right. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, he doesn't need anybody. You like this car? You like that shirt? <laughs> just such an asshole. And then like Amir has these really kind of thoughtful moments with him where he talks about his mom who killed herself and like the one happy memory he has of his parents. And Rob just kind of like goes off on this rant about how all of it's gonna, uh, this entire city will be underwater one day and everyone's going to die. Uh, he definitely like took a step too far once his wife passed away and like i've seen people kind of crack under like deeply emotional like duress uh in their lives and it usually leads to people thinking that the moon landing's not real and things like that <laughs> right or that 9-11 happened i don't know but i <laughs> <laughs> just stop laughing when you make those jokes <laughs> it's never not we're complicit <laughs> it's been 20 years it's fine yeah you can joke about it after 20 years right uh, that's strictly because we <laughs> we have a really idiotic friend no, no he's not even our friend he no, just lives just in the in neighborhood. neighborhood i don't think he doesn't i haven't seen him in months that's Maybe because he's been 86 from every that's bar true. in town in all of seattle yes <laughs> he lives in portland now oh does he no oh. i have no idea i hope not i have to go down there sometimes <laughs> he's a chef in portland from what i hear he gets his ass fucking beat every night <laughs> Now that I believe yeah, yeah, the food fight club or whatever, whatever that was. So Nick and I were trying to figure out what, how that, like what the rules were there, like who was making money? How were people making money? Well, you know what the first rule is. You don't talk about uh, it. Yeah. Oh, damn. Jesus. I thought it was going to be like French fries. <laughs> I think it's pretty straightforward. Basically people are just betting on how long the person won't, will stay up without falling to the ground when they're getting pummeled. I, I kind of took it like they were bidding on the right to beat the homeless person up. Because it was tied to the the like chef and restaurant scene, I thought it was like a way for people who work in the dregs of a restaurant to get their like pound of flesh That's against a chef, against their, you know, their sue, whoever it might be, where they can like take out aggression, but that person also gets the fucking money. For the just chef like taking a beating. Yeah. That's kind of what I got. I still love this film. Like I will happily watch this film again. It's what like yeah, no 92 questions. minutes. It's like super quick. It packs everything you want from the movie into an hour and a half and, and more. And we do get a proper Nick Cage freak out. Kicking the shit out of the car, stealing that guy's bike and just screaming in his face. Oh yeah. Stealing the bike was good. <laughs> well, and the emotional freak out at, you know, finding out that his pig has been killed. You mm-hmm. know, like Another that breakdown feels really visceral moment because right. like, that's when like the audio cuts out and you just see him collapse and just cry. And that scene still just. Oh. Well, because I like the big reveal that he doesn't need the pig because of the truffles. Right. right. It's just his best friend. Yeah. Exactly. Like there's actually a relationship there. There's companionship there. He can find the truffles. That's nothing to him. I, I appreciated that. Yeah, there's that yeah. huge pause and he just goes, I, I love her. Yeah. Like, hmm. Okay. See, I feel like I'm I'm a little weird compared to you guys because like movies like this, although this one's kind of lesser than some of the other movies that are on my list, but uh I don't really enjoy rewatching movies like this that are depressing. Mm. Um, you know, leaving Las Vegas with another Nick Cage one that was a really, really good movie, or maybe Joe was another one that was a really good yeah. movie, but it was just super fucking depressing. And I'm good watching it once and and experiencing that, but I don't have a desire to rewatch it because this one was a little bit of an exception because I knew Derek was going to be watching it for the first time, and I wanted to make sure I had a fresh experience uh, to discuss with him on that, but. In general, movies like this, I'm not interested in rewatching it again. It's just same with Frozen Ground, really. I mean, it's just so depressing. I have enough depressing things happening in my life. And, you know, we all have that in the world. Having having to rewatch depressing crap on TV is, uh, you know, I don't know. 
I will say though, I think the only thing I disagree with you on that is that it does end up on an uplifting note. I mean, he he's finally able to listen to his wife's message and song to him. You know, it's like he has he, a friend. He has some closure. He has a friend. You know. No, you're you're right. I don't know. It, the overall, I don't leave the movie all smiles. You know, yeah. that, that's what it kind of. And, and I don't. A lot of movies are that way, but these are particularly depressing. The ones I named off, I feel like. I, like, I take so much solace from this film because I love the fact that it. Yeah, it's got kind of a sad. It's got a sad ending. It's got. It's a bit of a bummer at times, but it has a very uplifting message of just even the people we lose, we still have them through our shared memories, through our shared experience, through food, and that just I find that so. This movie uplifts me quite a bit, actually. I mean, I can appreciate that, that that it doesn't, like you said, end on the most dreary note uh, compared to some of the other movies I listed. But I would say overall, it's still, yeah, unfortunately, I, I, as it's a lovely movie. It's well acted. It's well made. Uh, and I would never discount any of that. But I, it's not high on my list of movies to rewatch. I think that's fair. As a non rewatcher, generally myself, like I can understand why you would come to that. I have to just you know, grin and bear it because the nature of this is I am going to continue to rewatch sad movies if we continue to push them forward. And we have no choice this time but to push a sad movie. <laughs> it's true. For me, this one kind of stands in a different space than the others because it's such a different story. It's a different way of telling a story. You know, Joe, just for example, right, is just about a lot of really sad domestic stuff that. Yeah is a pretty normal story as sad as that is is a pretty normal story it's just executed really well leaving las vegas maybe is a little bit different you don't really see too many stories about a person like literally drinking themselves to death on purpose but this is just such a unique way of talking about it the focus on food the focus on such a different type of person and the fact that he wasn't always the way that he is he used to just be one of these chefs right and um, kind of the, just the journey that he had to go through to get to where we meet him, let alone where he goes through the film is just very different for me. So I don't mind this exception. Yeah. The art house element of this movie really kind of provides its attraction. Like if Michael Bay directed this, it wouldn't be the same, but then the pig would have jumped over something and exploded <laughs> or transformed. Ooh, cool. Lots of explosions. Yeah. And I do want to give credit to the director because I do love the, he manages to do something so interesting with they build up this mystery as to who this character is. And when you finally find out Robin Feld, the viewer has no idea who that is, but they do such a great job of world building and showing the people around him reacting to that, that even though we don't know who it is, we know it matters and it's kind of a big deal. And it's kind of like a <gasps> moment. Did you guys see that? Um, Michael Sarnowski is going to be directing a, a prequel to the quiet place. Yeah. And the the director of photography is also doing that one, too. Nice. So I imagine mm -hmm. that's going to be beautiful and probably pretty well done. Yeah. Much credit as we give to Nick Cage on this movie. Like like you mentioned, it's not the director did a great job, but basically everybody involved in this film really came to do their job because you're talking about, you know, the musical mix, the score, the the use of silence uh, as a tool, um, you know, the writers with the way they used uh, Portland as a character in its own right uh you know th there's just a lot of people that came together and really had their a game on for this movie for sure so as much as we love nick we you know we definitely have to give credit to everybody involved on that the director michael uh sarnowski he did write it so this dude pulled double duty on this like that's he, impressive right like this was his first major film that's very promising <laughs> we talked about this a bit on the first time we reviewed it this movie was made on a shoestring budget with a very short window to film. They hit the ground running and just made it work. It's just amazing that this movie exists. Right. Like, didn't they only have like three weeks or something like that to shoot the thing? 20, 20 days. They oh, had 20, 20 days. days. Wow. That's, that's why. Can you imagine? Yeah. That's why they didn't wash the blood off of him. Well, that I do. I remember reading uh, on IMDb. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt saying that the plan was, you know, to kind of clean him up as the days went on. But, during early shooting when he was all fucked up he just walked over across the street to get coffee and no one in portland like looked twice at him so there's like fucking great just leave him fucked up <laughs> just go and i'm sure like that that's got to be harder for the makeup crew right and all those people who are responsible for continuity and all of that on set to like, get the bleeding right and the hair right when it's supposed to be a mess 
And it's just, it's just really well done. And as you watch it, like his face like swells more as the movie goes on. So he gets more mush mouth yeah. too. He does a good job. Um, so on the, uh, Venn diagram, good, bad, bad, good, good, bad, 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 good, bad. <laughs> yeah. Surprise me with this you one. Nailed yeah. it. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, if I feel like if it's in the same square as frozen ground and they're like in opposite corners. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to put it in that same square for me, but if those are the only four, you know, options, then yeah, it's, it's definitely good. Good on the, on the most extreme end of it. Yeah. This is a gold star. It's, I mean, it's going to continue to just dominate. I feel it's like Ghost Rider before it, a powerhouse performance Ooh. and uh, <laughs> like Ghost Rider before it. Yeah, I did listen to that episode. And so, you know, I, I, I have thoughts about a lot of things that a lot of you guys said, or a couple of you guys said, <laughs> wait, did you listen to Ghost Rider one or Ghost Rider? Uh, sorry. The first time we did Ghost Rider, or the second time. We no, did? no, no. I listened to the season two. Okay. Oh, okay. That's a better one. <laughs> Peter yelled at us less in that one. <laughs> I, I wanted to get a more current, uh, you know, episode. So I knew what I was getting into. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> See, that was smart. I, I didn't do that. And I listened to <laughs> it could happen to you and uh, racing with the moon. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Also a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did love racing with the moon. I'm on. Unf- uh, I still feel sad that we couldn't push it forward. Just yeah. couldn't go. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't enough of a Nick Cage. Yeah, I man, I love that uh bowling alley set though with yeah. the pin setter. Like yeah. you don't get to see cool stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. and Crispin Glover. Crispin yeah, oh, I love Crispin Glover. Young Nick Cage looks good, like in a in a tank top. You know, like that moonstruck. You know, dude was jacked. Bird yeah. of freedom, don't come cheap. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> come gutters. <laughs> Well, uh, so not that your opinions matter in this arena, but what would you push forward if given the choice? If if I fe- if you do feel bad pushing it forward, making you guys watch it again, uh, you know, if I was just doing it on being nice to you guys, I would put Frozen Ground through so you don't have to watch Piggy. But it seems like you guys enjoy watching Pig over and over again, even as depressing as I found it. <laughs> so, you know, Pig Pig is going forward for me. Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, I'm not not to insult the Frozen Ground. It's not a bad movie, but this is fan- the Pig is fantastic. Yeah, uh, we do live in the world of the gray. So uh, just being depressed on a like a base level is pretty normal for that's us. That's your in the normal existence. Yeah. 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 Seattle. We get our eight hours of sunlight a day, and that's about all we can hope for. <laughs> you get eight hours of sunlight a day? I don't know. What time's the sun come up? No, it's like. Oh, you mean just the, the city you live in? I thought you meant you. Or is it you're standing out in the sun for eight hours like a plant? I'm probably the only one here who could do that and not die. Yeah, I would be burnt to fuck. Yeah. yeah. Melanin, it's great. I would get fired if I was just standing outside all day. <laughs> so that's fine. Gotta get my eight hours, boss. <laughs> yeah, just standing out there like <laughs> regenerating like I'm fucking Captain Planet or some <laughs> shit. Like, oh. Um, so, Nick, what, what would you like to see go forward? Uh, I'm gonna go pig. I'm gonna go pig. Yeah, I also will go pig. Actually, no, the frozen ground. Go pig or go home. (laughs) Yeah, go fuck you, Peter. What do we got uh, next time, Pete? Er. Oh, I should probably know the answer to that as the producer of this show. (laughs) Uh, Primal and Debbie does Dallas. Oh yeah! So next week we've got a uh, Wicker Man and the Sorcerer's Apprentice. So <laughs> that's gonna be a fucking blast. It's gonna be a banger. <laughs> nice. Yep. It'll be a fun double feature for Nick and I. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I I still have drugs. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, thank you guys for uh, coming on here. It was T- a blast. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was fun. Yeah, thank you. You wanna you wanna tell us where people can hear your guys's podcast and what you've got coming up soon? Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, go to coming of cage, coming of cage.com find coming of cage on, you know, your podcast app of choice or our YouTube channel, what have you. Uh, we will be dropping our in-depth review of the frozen ground since we did watch it. We did. We, we, we broke our rules for you guys. Aww. So, you know, <laughs> right. just for you. But also because of that, we don't know what's coming up after frozen ground. So, you know, we can't give it because it's all random. We're going to flip an episode. So we're actually after Frozen Ground is Season of the Witch. Oh, oh nice. nice. That was a, a close cut for us. Yeah, we almost put that one yeah. in. Yeah, We got weird at the end because it was just like, I don't know. How, how do you pick fucking 64 of these things? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Well, and it's tough because like in Snowden, he's in like two, three scenes in the whole movie. Right. Guy's got like six minutes of screen time. Right. So for the completionist, you, you've got to watch it. But like. For for this podcast, it's like you're only going to talk about the six minutes. Like, 
Yeah. I guess this one wins. So long, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy victory. Yeah, right. Join us next time. We could probably get away with just sampling his entire role in the movie, playing it on the podcast, getting not sued. getting sued. No, it's only six minutes. That's true. I'm pretty sure 30 seconds is the cutoff, but yeah. just add fart noises. That'll it's solve. transition. It you know it's you know transgressive or whatever the word. I is. didn't I didn't realize fart noises were allowed. I would have put more on Mike. You have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're a class act. Yeah. Thanks for sparing us that <laughs> this time. Oh man, it was rough. I had spicy chicken and waffles for my only meal today, and I've been suffering from it. I do it for my art. <laughs> Gastrointestinal arts of some kind. Yeah, I assume there's lots of different arts there's fine arts there's f- art you know <laughs> all right thank you all for listening please rate review subscribe uh if you want to chat with us we are at cage underscore match underscore pod on instagram or at cage match pod on reddit we're also on blue sky i don't know also x Coming to a you. porn hub <laughs> Gonna near give it you. To you. And coming to a porn hub near you. Um, thank you for our sparkle buddies, Josh, Sean, Josie, Rico, Matt, and Adam, and our cage dancers, Ira, John, Freeman, and Lance. Thank you for your support. Do, 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 do. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>